we know that we're all responsible for each other. And it's the same with food. It's the same with um, buying, serving, eating food. It's, it's a community activity. It's a, it's a shared thing. Hello, and welcome to the Power of the Public Plate podcast, brought to you by ICLE, Local Governments for Sustainability, and the UN One Planet Network, with your host, myself, Josephine Hintz, based in ICLE's Berlin office, responsible for global initiatives of sustainable, innovative, and circular procurement. And I'm Peter De Franceschi, running ICLE's Brussels office and global food program. ICLE is a European and global network of local and regional governments committed to integrated sustainable development. And the UN One Planet Network works as a multi-stakeholder community across six programs, one of which is committed to the implementation of sustainable public procurement globally. In this podcast, we explore the stories of champions of food procurement around the world. In each episode, we bring you insightful and inspiring stories of how the public sector can influence the food value chain by leveraging its purchasing power. Join us as we talk to public sector staff, policy advisors, and experts to learn how to support smallholder farmers, serve healthy and nutritious meals, source locally and climate friendly. Today, I'm joined by Andrea Villarreman and Ma-Ann Rosales Santo Domingo, working for Quezon City in the Philippines. Andrea is the head of Environmental Protection and Waste Management Department at Quezon City Government. As such, she spearheads programs and projects on climate change mitigation and adaptation, as well as environmental sustainability and community engagement. Ma'an is a public interest lawyer in the Philippines. She is currently the project manager of Imagine Law a civil society organization that develops and advocates for evidence-based public health policy solutions. Ma'an leads Imagine Law's Healthy Diets program that consists of a healthy public food procurement project. In this episode, we dive deep into how the city embarked on a process towards serving healthy, locally sourced meals in schools, hospitals, and public sector canteens. The new procurement program also connects with achieving the city's climate targets and educating citizens about healthy eating. It is a story of understanding procurement and the food system as two very powerful tools to build community, especially inspired by times of crisis such as the COVID-19 pandemic. And now I bring you Andrea Villaroman and Ma'an Rosales Santo Domingo. Really nice to to connect with you and to to talk about sustainable food purchasing in Quezon City. I think that um, yeah, it's really an honor to to sit down with you, uh, Andrea and Man today. How about we, we we start with just getting the bigger picture a bit about Quezon City and kind of why sustainable food purchasing matters so much and kind of this this commitment to to having no unhealthy meals served by public funds. Can, can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, actually, uh, the Quezon City Mayor now, uh, Mayor Joy Belmonte, has always been an advocate of healthy diets. In fact, uh, one of her flagship projects during uh, the time that she was Vice Mayor of Quezon City was the Joy of Urban Farming. Uh, and it has been running for more than 10 years. 
the aim of this project is for families to easily access vegetables from their home gardens and uh, the community farms that we have organized with various stakeholders. So, so when she got elected as mayor uh, last uh, 2019, and when we attended the C40 Forum, Forum in Copenhagen last October 2019, uh, she signed the C40 Good Food Declaration, uh, which furthered her advocacy as one of the commitments in that declaration was, was to align the city's food procurement policy to the planetary health diet and also increase our plant-based food consumption, among others. And then it was very timely that Imagine Law came to Quezon City government uh, and offered their assistance uh, through the implementation of the nutrition policy that we have now. Yeah, this collaboration is very unique um, from from what, what I've read. Maybe Man, kind of, can you tell us from Imagine Law's side why is food purchasing and urban food so important? Yes. Uh, well, first of all, I wanted to um, echo um, Andrea's comment earlier that really um, Quezon City is a pioneer in in um, sustainable food systems and um, improving um, urban agriculture. So all of these pieces, they all came together. And uh, when, we, when we came into the picture, we wanted to work with Quezon City primarily because they already have um, so much to begin with. And and um, in our case, on the part of a civil society organization like Imagine Law, we're always looking for ways to um, improve the, the or alleviate the burden of non-communicable diseases. And we know that um, food is one thing that, uh, you know, we consume every day um, and we put inside our bodies and affects our nutrition, our health directly. And now more than ever, we're here um, uh, experiencing this pandemic, we see all the more how important nutrition is in terms of how it affects um, our uh, comorbidities or it affects our ability to fight off this virus. And that's why I think that's one of the main starting points of why we wanted to work with Quezon City on food, healthy food procurement. Yeah, thank you for, for sharing that perspective on, on it's so important also for the local population, right? I don't know, Andrea, if you can share a bit more about how is the kind of Quezon City kind of how how are you linking this responsibility from city government to citizens and kind of the different generations and on why a healthy diet matters so much? Like what are some of the issues that, that you're looking to tackle with this? Yeah, uh, well, this is an anecdote actually uh, during our workshops that uh, during the uh, pandemic, we realized that we have a lot of uh, officials, even city officials and our local officials in the community that have comorbidities. So then we realized that this is a very timely project because we will be able to introduce uh, in our local food procurement policy the uh, application of the nutrition guidelines in all our procurement-related activities. So that's when uh, we also met some of the uh, nutritionists from uh, various departments, and they, they told us that they have been waiting for the longest time to have this uh, in place. And also the, the uh, teachers and the public school um, parents were also very interested because they want uh, to be healthier given the um, risk posed by the pandemic. So really, uh, the pandemic uh, pushed this forward and uh, made it more, uh, made it easier for us to even introduce the, uh, the nutrition policy to the stakeholders. So for, for our city government officials, it was very smooth as well. 
uh, because uh, most of the officials are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. So really, the nutrition introduction of nutrition guidelines is very um, appropriate uh, for, for their uh, age. Uh, like me, I'm also uh, in my 40s. So uh, introducing that in our families uh, is a good opportunity also when we learn of these nutrition guidelines. So it's really good timing then. Right, right. Very good timing. Right. To, to add to that, um, Andrea and Josephine, I wanted to um, mention that uh, healthy food procurement affects not only, you know, um, uh, the, the burden of um, the actual procurement of food, but it also affects and impacts um, how the government um, spends its money in terms of how it uh, carries the burden of public health care costs due to diseases uh, caused by food and caused by um, uh, diet-related diseases. And in, in the same way, it also um, enables government to save on, on, on public health care costs and be able to allocate these savings towards um, other, other needs and other... Um, response activities of the government so really it all you know comes together right uh, with uh, more than 3 million population for Quezon City and with uh, more than 10,000 uh, employees I think of the city government uh, this this shift would have a very good impact uh, not only on their uh, well-being but also of the families and the stakeholders that they serve yeah, I mean, this is touching on a very important point, which is always with sustainable procurement, there's always this this thinking, oh, is it not more expensive? But what you're proposing is kind of a new way to look at the cost, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's not looking at only the purchasing cost. Right. Uh, I think um, uh, at this point, uh, when we realize that uh, um, nutrition and uh uh, having a, a an, institu an institution working uh, to advance this um, goal is is something that uh, we have a responsibility of because uh, at the end of the day, uh, what we put in our body is uh, our uh, well-being's uh, future. So I think at this point, uh, that is very relevant. Uh, that's why uh, we are very fortunate that we have introduced this project at this point in time. Absolutely. Um, let, let's take a step back because I, I really want to get into the practicalities of the project mm -hmm. and kind of know how it started. And, and Andrea, you already mentioned that there was the good food declaration. Um, and, and kind of can you walk us through kind of how, how did this pilot project start? Kind of who was involved? What was the ambition? Yeah, okay. So C40 has several networks and one of which is the food-related network that we have been working with, uh, but but only on food waste and on um, food waste reduction and food loss reduction. But when the C40 Good Food Declaration was signed, we also were introduced to another track, with it, which is the healthy public food procurement and the planetary, introduction of the planetary health diet. So as we all know, uh, when we procure food outside of our city, we generate uh, a lot of greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, we, we produce that through the transport uh, sector that... Uh, uh, has to transport all these um, vegetables from the provinces, which is far from um, Quezon City and in Metro Manila. So this started it all, uh, the, the intention to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions. And one of the tracks that have been identified is having uh, the local sources uh, revitalized so that we don't need to depend on other sources and uh, therefore having healthy food uh, easily accessible to the 
um, communities that we serve. And also, um, our, our farmers, we have set up our local farmers. It used to be just uh, community gardens or home gardening, but now we have hectares and hectares of land, idle lots uh, converted into urban farms. So I think um, this matched all the intentions of the city government to be uh, self-sustainable in terms of uh, providing food and also reducing our greenhouse, greenhouse gas emissions along the way. I, I just wanted to um, uh, add on to, to what Andrea mentioned earlier and um, kind of walk you through uh, the, the whole uh, process of developing the, the healthy public food procurement policy of Quezon City. Um, because of that, because of that goal of Quezon City to um, uh, achieve its commitment and meet its commitment with C40, we began with the project through an assessment of uh, the policy landscape. So we did uh, an a legal and institutional assessment of food procurement policies. And at the same time, alongside that, is a nutritional assessment of the food environment in Quezon City. So we were able to um, assess the nutritional value of food that's being served in public hospitals, pub uh, daycare centers, reception centers, and rehabilitation centers, even relief packs. And um, we're very happy to note that you know um, a lot of work a lot of thoughtful uh work has already been going on there and um there's there's only um consistency to work with but uh so so that formed the basis of our um policy development and then we entered into a phase of uh open policy making uh we call it open because we try to engage as many stakeholders as possible as high level as uh the city mayor mayor bill monte herself her executive committee of which andrea is part of uh, the city health department the registered nutritionists dietitians of the city and even the kitchen cooks and staff the food suppliers and the beneficiaries so all of these stakeholders were consulted in the development of the policy which i think contributed a lot to um, the ownership of Quezon City of, of this initiative. And from that, we were able to develop linkages with all of these um, different departments and initiatives and programs of Quezon City. As, as Andrea mentioned earlier, um, the, the initiative with community farms, urban farms. And, and this is very, very... Um, this is really something um, commendable because Quezon City, for, for a bit of context, is um, is an urb a highly urbanized city. So there's not much uh, land if you come to think about it, but they were able to, to make it happen in Quezon City and have that much um, land just because of their commitment to sustainable food systems. And then it went on to a training um, a program for all of these stakeholders. And finally, we were able to uh, get our proof of concept through a pilot implementation of the policy. And now we're here. We're about to try the, the first uh, tenders and the first um, procurements of healthy food starting January of next year. Yeah, actually, we have included that, uh, the policy, in the budget call for fiscal year 2022, which means that uh, all uh, procured food uh, starting uh, January 2022 has to be compliant with the nutrition guidelines. It has been institutionalized through our city finance committee. And uh, in the next few months, we will be discussing a local policy uh, to make sure that this is not just an executive order that they can ignore, but there are uh, ordinances that we are now preparing with the city council.
um, can you can you help us understand or perhaps map out a bit more who are you procuring for as a city? Is it schools or is it public sector canteens? Just to understand the scope of, of what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, okay. Uh, because face-to-face -face meetings uh, have been limited for, for the past two years, normally what we procure is uh, food for our meetings, our workshops. We also have a lot of uh, facilities for, let's say, senior citizens, uh, the um, vulnerable sectors such as uh, uh, the um, victims of violence against women. So we have centers set up for them, and we have also... Um, Uh, the different hospitals that we uh, have for, for Quezon City, we have three city-owned hospitals uh, where we procure the food for them. So these are just some of the uh, institutions that um, uh, regularly procures food for their clients. And also for, for the schools, we have uh, a division of city schools, uh, which we tap for its implementation. However, uh, at this point, because our schools are closed, We just uh, use the platform to make our uh, teachers and parents aware of the nutrition guidelines. But as soon as they open, the same policy will be um, implemented in the school canteens. So you're very much right now educating as well, kind of taking this awareness raising role. Right. And also, uh, since we have uh, special concern lockdown areas, we call that for those areas that have high cases of COVID, we provide them um, a supply of food which uh, also uh, applies the nutrition guidelines. So uh, instead of just uh, providing them with canned goods, which are very accessible in our supermarkets, now we make sure that vegetables and um, fruits are included in the relief packs. So we also do this for our um, evacuation centers. Uh, right now, we, are, um, we have several typhoons coming in already. So when we set up evacuation centers, we make sure that uh, the food that we uh, serve Our evacuees are also healthy and nutritious. Yeah, and I, and I wanted to add to that that um, because of this pioneering work by Quezon City, they're they're uh, sparking interest. They're sparking this kind of uh, growing movement among other local government units in trying to procure healthy food. And I think you know, uh, of course, at the end of the day. Um, That's that's the ultimate goal to be able to inspire action, not only from from our within our own backyard, but even beyond it. And Quezon City is is doing precisely that. Yeah, it sounds like that that you're really getting to a lot of stakeholders involved and and really reaching a lot of people and and kind of be a role model for families in in that regard. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm really interesting to to unpack a bit more the the process that that um, you man described before, kind of how did you identify the stakeholders or how were these discussions going when when you really talked to everyone involved in let's say the local food system, what were some of the themes you discussed? Were there issues, tensions? Well, um, really, this is this is um, the the best part I think of the work. <laughs> um, it's being able to talk to um, the stakeholders um, who would not only be uh, part of the process of developing the policy, but would benefit a lot from it. And um, based from our conversations with Quezon City, so we start with the 
we started with a mapping of, of stakeholders together with um, Quezon City. We mapped out um, from top to bottom all of the beneficiaries who would, one, would be um, involved in policymaking, would be involved in implementing the policy, down to um, who would be benefiting, who would be the beneficiaries um, of, of this policy. And we really tried um, our best to, you know, um, talk to as many people as possible, to as many sectors as possible, because we understand that uh, everyone is, is, is facing something different, something unique that they can contribute to this. And um, in, in food procurement, in, in implementing nutrition standards, it's quite surprising that um, there has been um, very, very uh, limited tension, if if uh, if any, uh, there there has been um, uh, jokes about it. How hard it would be to implement, um, how it would be to uh, lose your soft drinks or to lose your favorite sweets. But ultimately, everyone um, were everyone was very excited about it, and I think uh, the the whole um, change in this attitude and in this appreciation just started with with one step with with a single a step to to understand that you know we're not taking away all of these things that you like or you love uh, but we're, we're we're making sure that the food that you take in wouldn't contribute to to any kind of disease and surprisingly even the food suppliers who would be um, uh, of course, implementing these nutrition standards, they would be carrying the, the the responsibility of reformulating or replacing ingredients. They were also very excited because they understood the role that they play uh, in the food procurement uh, system. That they're not only they're not only sellers of food, uh, but they're they're part of this this community that makes sure that it's healthy and that the food that they serve is. Um, let me put it this way, that the food that they serve to the Quezon City government and its beneficiaries is as good as food that they serve to their families. And you wouldn't serve unhealthy food to your family, right? So there. That's why um, the, the policy of Quezon City was very, very well supported. And um, we hope that it continues all the way to implementation. Well, that's beautiful. What, what you just shared, the sense of community not only, you know, with, with the actual kind of neighborhoods or in, as, as a kind of citizen community, but also coming together as different stakeholders to only wanting the best for, for everyone in that regard. I think in a way, the, uh, the pandemic also brought all of us together because we're, there's always someone we know that has been uh, infected or is uh, has a family member who has been infected and and we know that we're all responsible for each other and it's the same with food it's the same with um, buying serving eating food it's it's a community activity it's a it's a shared thing absolutely and and drawing from this i, I want to build this bridge to also bringing in this kind of climate crisis aspect that Andrea you touched upon earlier kind of it's not only about healthy meals and nutrition and and all of that kind of local sourcing but in Quezon City you're also trying to achieve climate goals right with with this food policy yeah actually we have committed a reduction of 30 percent 
from the business as usual scenario for greenhouse gas emissions by 2030. So when we uh, thought of uh, introducing the healthy public food procurement, definitely in terms of the transport sector, that would have a lot of contribution uh, in implementing this project. So I think uh, COVID and the health and the environment goes hand in hand. Uh, it cannot be uh, treated separately. In fact, uh, when we introduced the recovery plan uh, for COVID, we um, introduced that it has to be people and planet first. That's why uh, it's a it's a co-benefit approach that we introduced, and this has been the um, standard uh, project for for all uh, city government uh, initiatives that we consider planet and uh, people uh, people and planet first before we even introduce other uh, initiatives for growth uh, just recently there is a uh, an economic development meeting wherein the same platform the same framework has been used uh, giving importance to health and the environment in all uh, aspects of our operations I think with with food, it's it's such a unique sector as well that that really brings together so many aspects. And you're now mentioning this kind of people and planet first, and and kind of having this as a recovery vehicle as well. With the climate mitigation, where do you see the opportunity in in the food sector? Is it mainly about the kind of transport emissions, or is it different aspects there as well, where where you see an opportunity to reduce greenhouse gas emissions? Yeah, I think uh, essentially it's also the the um, the type of food that we eat. Normally, when we uh, consume more vegetables and more fruits, uh, there's uh, a reduction in the food waste that we produce. Um, rather than produce, uh, rather than cons- consuming the other unhealthier uh, foods like uh, the, the the ones that are packed, pre-packed. So these are normally uh, um, this normally has packaging that goes into the landfill. This normally has food waste uh, in, in, in meal preparation. So when we consume more uh, plant-based food and more um, uh, fruits uh, for our constituents, I think that also lessens the food waste that we produce. And when we reduce our food waste, we, we also reduce our greenhouse gas emissions. And Man, what, what's your perspective on, on bringing in this kind of climate crisis angle into food purchasing together with healthy diets? Yes, well, I think, you know, um, when, when we talk about sustainable food systems, really it's the relationship between all of these different factors um, interacting and, and working together. And I'm glad that uh, Andrea mentioned it earlier. You cannot talk about um, a single problem by itself. We understand that, uh, you know, our, our problems, the problems that we're dealing with today, whether it comes to disease or epidemics or, or um, uh, climate change, are all linked together to uh, with other with other aspects of our life and our um, even our community habits. So I'm glad that uh, this this um, policy on healthy public food procurement is able to generate. Uh, a lot of what we call side effects, um, in not only in terms of healthy eating, but as well as in making sure that um, the the environment is able to benefit from that change in the diet, as well as in the change in in the type of uh, food that is being bought. So really, um, the goal is to make sure to see the linkages between the economic, between the environmental, between health and nutrition. And I'm glad that Quezon City is, you know, moving towards that direction. 
yeah, really harnessing the power of the public play to create a diversity of side effects. I do want to take the opportunity um, just to kind of look ahead and, and, and try to imagine together how a procurement in the future in Quezon City would look like in terms of food. So mm -hmm. let, let's say it's it's March 2022, you're kicking off the first pilots, kind of how would a procurement now look different to before you had this urban food kind of policy in place? Well, I think looking um, our ways forward is very bright because even the mayor herself declared that uh, no public funds will be spent on health, unhealthy food. And even the vice mayor also supported the initiative. We have a lot of councillors. We have 36 councillors going around the, the city and providing the services to our constituents. So we also gained that support from the vice mayor and the city council. So I think uh, next year, uh, once we pilot this, this will be a welcome development uh, for, for the city government and uh, its employees, uh, even for the procurement of their own uh, food using their own uh, funds. I think uh, it would redound to applying the same nutrition guidelines that we have for city um, funded projects. A lot has been happening since the time this was introduced in Quezon City. And we are very excited. The, the city mayor is very excited to launch several uh, uh, side uh, initiatives uh, with the help, of course, of Imagine Law, who has initiated this in Quezon City. Yeah, and and uh, I I like how we're you know I'm thinking ahead and and I can only imagine that um the change that we're seeing now that it's beginning would snowball into something that uh would would have a larger impact. Right now, uh even well you know even before the the healthy public food procurement policy was enacted during the earlier stages of development. We've been seeing already a lot of changes. As Andrea mentioned earlier, from, from procurement of canned goods that are you know really high in, in sodium and fat and, and sugar content. Um, they've been changing the, those relief packages into fresh fruits and vegetables. And we've been seeing less waste as well because of uh, lesser packaging and more um, biodegradable types of packaging. So I can imagine that um, over the next couple of months, once once um, the first procurement of, of healthy food would be coming in, it would be much lighter, much, uh, much uh, healthier, and hopefully, definitely a lot more sustainable for, for the Quezon City um, community. And, and how would you describe a meal that will be served, for instance, in, in a hospital going forward. Can you can you give us a good picture of that? Sure. Well, um, in the hospitals, um, we're seeing, as I've mentioned earlier, we did quite uh, we we did implement a very short pilot implementation period of uh two weeks to around a month in the public hospitals. And we saw how how that changed from uh, mainly. Uh, using canned goods that they've already procured as part of their their meals, they've been they were able to change change how they how they prepare their food and what type of what types of uh, ingredients that they use. So they use less salt, 
Um, they use less sugar. They use less oil. But instead, they use natural herbs and spices. Um, they were able to uh, also utilize the local fruits and vegetables produced in the urban farms. And um, really, it's it's really uh, a healthier plate and, and a much more sustainable plate. They were able to incorporate indigenous vegetables that are grown in, in the urban farms. And we're very, very happy to see that that big change. Yeah, just to just to add, uh, uh, the group of Imagine Law introduced us to what we call Pinggang Pinoy. This is the Filipino plate. So because of that, um, uh, uh, that, that art, that design that was introduced to us, we are very much aware for every meal that we eat, we apply that uh, Filipino plate that we have in our uh, discussion. So that has been also the the uh, the intention of uh, having uh, having introduced a more, um, I think, uh, realistic and more doable approach for for the hospitals, for the daycare centers, for the city government departments that have been involved, uh, for them to really appreciate what uh, Imagine Law is introducing uh, to the Quezon City government. So we have that plate in our minds every day, every time we we serve our food, every time we eat. Thanks, thanks, Miss Andrea. We even gave um, uh, placemats, <laughs> so so there's a there's a sample um, pinggang pinoy or the 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 sort of um, division or the food portions of your how how much vegetable you should eat, how much fruit you should eat, rice and and um, fish or its alternative. Um, what's surprising though is actually these are these are based from uh, the the Philippine dietary guidelines from uh, years back. But really, um, until you're able to concretize it and be able to bring it to someone like 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 Andrea and in the Quezon City government who can make that change, um, it's. It it's just a it's just a concept until it's actually uh, realized. Absolutely, it has to be implemented for sure. And and with that, and uh, being mindful of your time as well, but I I do need to ask, what are some words of wisdom for the two of you to share with fellow procurers, policymakers, um, public sector staff, in, in terms of why does sustainable food procurement matter so much? And how how really how to start? Yeah, I think uh, what was really um, uh, uh, surprising uh, in in introducing this initiative is that it was very well accepted, given the timing as well because of the COVID pandemic. But also in in doing the process, we have identified the champions from the city government that will push this forward to other uh, city government employees that we have. That influence really uh, is something that jumpstart our implementation of the nutrition guidelines. And also at this time uh, where uh, healthy food is no longer a fad, I I think uh, uh, our message to our constituents is that Healthy food doesn't mean that it, it is going to be an expensive alternative. So we realized that along the way, that we have enough uh, Filipino food that are healthy. We just need to promote that. And we just need to be aware that uh, this is this would benefit us along the way. And uh, I think uh, the political will at the end of the day also spark our interest, our um, drive to uh, really f- uh, fully materialize this initiative. And uh, 
coming from the mayor down to the employees and now even to the residents, I think we have that local acceptance on healthy public food procurement. And hopefully uh, through the years, even without the pandemic, after the pandemic has been resolved and after we have gone to our normal uh, way of living, we hope that this continues as not just an advocacy, but a way of life. Right. Um, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy to to hear that from andrea and uh you know it's it's really it really boils down to that first um you have to um you have to have good champions who will carry this kind of idea that's probably new probably uncomfortable for some probably something that others would hesitate to try but but uh just making taking that first step to be able to try something new something that would improve um, the nutritional status, the health of, of your citizens, will take it, uh, will, will go a long way. And, and that is what um, Mayor Belmonte has done for Quezon City. Um, it's, as, as you mentioned earlier, healthy is usually equated to expensive. Um, but in Quezon City, we were able to discover that it's a matter of thinking outside of the box and thinking of how much more I can do with my food, how, how, um, how much I value what I put inside my body, how much I value um, its impact or how much I appreciate its impact into the environment. And really, it's mindful, mindful eating, mindful purchasing, mindful preparation of the food that all comes together to be able to achieve that that result of improved health status improved um environmental uh management that uh is what sustainable food systems are about and i think what what uh, andrea mentioned about um having strong champions in within the within the government is a result of uh proactive engagement of, of stakeholders and um being uh policy making as as human centered you're because you're able to engage and see put a human face behind this kinds of this kind of advocacy and once of course you see the person behind um healthy food for example or the person behind who prepares your food and you're able to appreciate what challenges they're going through what what new ideas they want to bring to the table that really drove um, the policy to where it is now. And that's how Quezon City is able to eat healthy. That's really beautiful. Um, thank you both for, for sharing it. And it sounds to me like it's really about the community and it's about acknowledging that the procurement of um, products and services is much more than an administrative exercise. It actually matters very much and it has to be done mindfully and purposefully and it can be a major game changer for a city government such as Quezon City. I thank the two of you very, very much and I can't wait to, to witness what you're going to achieve from next year onwards once you're implementing really um, on, on this new um, policy. Yeah, we're very excited too. Exciting times ahead. Indeed, very excited for everyone. Uh, we have a very good technical working group that I, I, might, I, may, I might say uh, is one of also the, the key factors why we were able to um, 
uh, forge all the ideas from the different departments. These technical working group members have been very vital in the uh, acceptance of uh, the new policy because they have been the champions of our initiative, not just for our uh, city government operations, but their families as well. Yeah, so having the technical expertise in-house is vital. So kudos to, to the team in Quezon City as well. Well, it was very difficult, really, because uh, we had to shift to online workshops. Most of our attendees were in their 40s and 50s who were not familiar with uh, Zoom uh, in, in the initial uh, stages of our project implementation, but later they were all experts in the online workshop. <laughs> Amazing. It, it's so inspiring how you use this time of crisis and kind of a global pandemic to really innovate. And as you said, think outside of the box to set up a program that is going to provide a healthy and kind of planet conscious diet and the Filipino plate to your constituents. All right. I think we, we landed this plane very well. So um, thank you again so much. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. What an inspiring story. Really, their procurement work impacts how the food is grown and produced and cooked and what is offered for consumption. It really is a commitment towards a healthy society and planet. Thank you again to Andrea and Ma'an for joining us today on the Power of the Public Plate podcast and for their amazing work in Quezon City. To learn more about their program, check out the details in the episode description. And if you like this podcast, you can support us by sharing it with your colleagues and friends. We invite you to check out all the other episodes and to connect with us on Twitter or on our websites, the UN One Planet Network, as well as at ICLE Local Governments for Sustainability. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.